Teacher, what star is that? Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. I hate to admit how much that is like my favorite part of the song. I love how they play with that pitch at the end before the fade out, right? That and ODB, you know what I'm saying? His vocals, you know what I'm saying? Welcome to the Bishop Chronicles. This is Farside TV, and I'm your host, Adisa the Bishop. You understand? Normally, I would run the regular show, but this show is not going to be that show because this show is a dedication to the impact of the Wu-Tang. You know, when I talk about hip-hop, chess, and martial arts, or even really just music, chess, and martial arts as a general topic, of course I have to talk about the Wu-Tang Clan. Of course, I have to talk about other hip-hop groups and impact in martial arts, right? And and, and chess that predate Wu-Tang Clan. But the Wu-Tang Clan perfected that fusion. I have said that a hundred million times. I'll say it a hundred million more. The Wu-Tang Clan perfected that fusion. And when I started Hip-Hop Chess Federation in 2006, it was Sway and Tech who introduced me to RZA, with the help of another friend who they didn't know who worked on the Chappelle show. Bottom line, if it wasn't for Sway and Tech in a wake-up show, like the connection between RZA and HHCF just would have never happened. Beyond that, you know, once I met with RZA and we sat down and we built, he understood how serious and sincere I was and we stayed cool and it's always been that. Now, if you peep the last week, right, the Public Enemy show, the London episode three, and if you ain't Listen to London episodes two and one, you slipping. But, you know, in three, um, it ends with, you know what, an interview with Eddie Bravo from 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, right? Something that I lost back in the day. There was something else in those lost files. There was, there is, and you will, uh, you will hear shortly, a conversation that I had with RZA in Juvenile Hall during the Ferguson uprising in St. Louis that happened right when the Living Like Kings exhibit opened in St. Louis. And the day before, an off-duty police officer had shot another child, Vonderit Myers, or maybe he was a young adult. I don't remember right now. My head's, it's been a minute. But Vonderit Myers was killed the night before. And so me and RZA had a choice to make. You know, are we going to really stick with this nonviolent stuff because fools are setting it off? There's a lot of racial tension, right? Because we could have got on the mic and just been like, you know what? Burn it down. West Side, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, and just turned it all out. You know what I'm saying? But that's not who we are as men. We are lovers of nonviolence. We are lovers of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We are lovers of universal peace authentically. And these are the moments that define you when you have to figure out who you really are. There's a lot of artists that have been down with HHCF. You know what I'm saying? A lot of rappers, a lot of DJs, a lot of B-boys who have done things that you know and things that you don't know. But you know what? 
the Abbot of Wu-Tang, RZA, and Jizza, they have looked out the most. And so if you know this show, if you've listened to the other episodes, you know about Heartbeat Props. You know I try to make sure that people understand my appreciation for them. And I encourage you to reach out to three people, call them for five minutes, and give them specifics about why you appreciate having them in your life. This can be a coworker. This can be your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your fiancé. You know what I'm saying? Your son, your daughter. This can be anybody who really has a positive impact in your life. And you know, a few weeks back, I was out in Shaolin, Staten Island, with Riza and Xi'an Ming for the Camp Tazo thing. And it wasn't until I returned that I really started thinking extra about the trajectory of my life and how I've been impacted by Wu-Tang as a crew, but specifically uh, my relationship with Riza, my friendship with Riza, you know? And it's crazy because the first thing that I wrote in that dealt with hip hop and martial arts actually was in Rap Pages magazine uh, the same year that Easy E died. It was the Rap Pages magazine, August 1995, volume four, number seven, Easy E cover. For those of you that are lucky enough to have that um, issue of Rap Pages, it was beautiful. It was the best tribute to Eazy-E ever done. And if you know my life, you know that Eazy-E was the first person I ever interviewed while I was still in high school. He became a friend. He was awesome. My point is that in that episode, in that, in that issue, I had my first article that dealt with hip-hop and martial arts because I was already into hip-hop, martial arts, and chess. Before the Wu-Tang Clan existed, just as they were into hip-hop, martial arts, and chess, before they formed. And this is part of the reason why RZA and I are so tight. But in that, ep- in that episode, in that issue rather, there is an article called Beyond Shaolin. That was the beginning of my work to start documenting it. Okay, And this is years before hip-hop chess is even an idea. It's just I'm studying the patterns of chess and hip-hop. I'm studying the connectivity between martial arts and hip-hop. But HHCF, as an idea, has not yet formed. That magazine, you know, and shout out to Sheena Lester, who put that, that magazine on the map, you know. And there were people at Rap Pages before her, but she's the one that built it up into the machine that it was there was a time when, straight up, man, you was reading the source and rap pages. That was it. And 4080 and the bomb. That's it. That's it. Talk to anybody. There were some other, there were some other uh, publications, but none rocking like that. Maybe Herb, but that I felt that was more local to L.A. My point is, is that this episode is wholly and solely about celebrating RZA and the connections between hip-hop, chess, and martial arts and letting you hear what he said to incarcerated youth, what we said, okay, during that time. So a lot of the normal stuff that I do per show is not going to be here today. I will tell you to follow at Bishop Chronicles. I will tell you to follow at Real Hip Hop Chess. I will tell you to follow RZA at RZA on IG. You understand? I will tell you to follow at The Real Jizza. But just before I do that, 
I need to really share some wisdom with you because I know that for many of you, this whole thing about hip hop, chess and martial arts seems and feels new. I know for a lot of you, it seems like a fad. I know for some of you, it's like, oh, that stuff is old. It doesn't really apply right now. And, and, and you're wrong about that. And the reason why Wu-Tang is forever is because they have taken on and embodied things that are infinite. The moves in chess are infinite. There's an infinite amount of moves in jujitsu, infinite amount of options in different martial arts, in MMA, right? As styles begin to blend. Infinite lyrical styles, beat patterns. These things are forever. And when the Wu-Tang Clan converges and embodies those things at the highest essence, this is why we are all drawn to the Wu-Tang. But as I have stated before, it will never be enough to just say that you like 36 Chambers. It will never be enough to say that you like Liquid Swords, Supreme Clientele, Triumph, Ruckus and B Minor, right? We could go all day. Mighty Healthy. That's my jam forever. What? We could talk about the legacy of ODB. We could talk about a lot. But what can happen in that is that people get away from some of the serious science. And that's what RZA studies, the serious science of these connections between hip-hop, chess, and martial arts. And so before I play this audio for you, I want you to pay attention to the wisdom I am about to deliver to you so you can understand the essence of this connectivity on a deeper level. This is a lecture called, a short one, called Broken Rhythm, Bruce Lee, Musashi, and Music. Originally, this was a presentation that Mike and I actually put together to be done at college campuses around the time that Respect Hip Hop Style and Wisdom came out. But then, you know, life got crazy, the museum opened, we was tearing it down, then I almost died, and things got different. So I'm going to run through this really quick. I just want you to understand that, you know, for those of you that want to study this on a deeper level, this is the kind of digging that we all need to do more of. And that if you want to see more about stuff like this, you can go to hiphopchess.blogspot.com. We started putting research there in 2007. Hiphopchess.blogspot.com. I'm about to relaunch the Hip Hop Chess site and move all this wisdom over there. But for now, for now, go to hiphopchess.blogspot.com. You got what, like 13 years of wisdom stacked and racked? But this is the latest, and I want to just, just give it to you now. Now let's look at sword fighting. Legendary, undefeated, self-taught swordsman Miyamoto Musashi. Go get the Book of Five Rings. Or read the novel Musashi. Although the novel Musashi by Eiji Yoshikawa is, is not wholly accurate. It's not meant to be. But the Book of Five Rings was the book that Musashi himself wrote. He killed his first opponent at the tender age of 13. In the Book of Five Rings, he talks about the importance of understanding the rhythm of battle when dueling with swords. It is broken down. His book, the Book of Five Rings, is broken down into several sections. The Earth Scroll... The Water Scroll, Fire Scroll, Wind Scroll, and the Scroll of Emptiness, the Void Scroll. 
Each is admired for having its own sense of rhythm. But more than rhythm, like Terry Tom, Miyamoto Musashi, who killed about 60 people, I think, through the course of his life, Musashi focuses on timing. Check out what he says here. Check out what he says here. Timing is important in dancing, in pipe or string music, for they are in rhythm only if timing is good. Timing and rhythm are also involved in the military arts, shooting bows and guns, riding horses. In all skills and abilities, there is timing. There is timing in the whole life of the warrior and his thriving and declining in his harmony and discord. Similarly, there is timing in the way of the merchant, the businessman, in the rise and fall of capital, of money. All things entail rising and falling. You must be able to discern this. In strategy, there are various timing considerations. From the outset, you must know the applicable timing and the inapplicable timing and from among the large and small things, and as the fast and slow timings find the relevant timing, first seeing the distance timing and the background timing. This is the main thing in strategy. It is especially important to know the background timing, otherwise your strategy will become uncertain. Those are the words of a samurai who was self-taught. And he... Sounds just like Terry Tom. Terry Tom is a woman, by the way, just so you know. Don't get stole on. So I know some of you guys might be like, yeah, who cares, Bishop? You know what I mean? Who cares, Riza? Who cares? We just want to hear the hip hop. We just listen. While it is simple to just passively look at that idea as just an odd, relatable tidbit of information, it is, it is not something easily done. While doing some research on his life, you can find something in a scroll, scroll called the Busho Denraiki. I hope I said that right because my Japanese is not hot. Musashi did not write much about himself, but he did write about swordsmanship. That's what the Book of Five Rings is. But in the Busho Denraiki, you learn that Musashi was not just a swordsman. He was an accomplished painter as well. Further, Musashi was also accomplished in the highly regarded Japanese tradition of no dancing. There's a book by a guy named William DeLang. See, I'm not going to be one of these people who like tries to hide from you where I get my wisdom. Sometimes in hip hop, people would try to do that. They try to bully you with knowledge, right? That their perspective was all right and you didn't know what was what. I'm never going to do that. I'm always going to cite my sources. Very rarely will I not cite a source. William DeLang has a book called Origins of a Legend, The Real Musashi, that notes that Musashi had an adopted son named Ayori. I think that's how you say it. And he notes that, quote unquote, Ayori was taught the no dance in plain clothes. It seems Musashi was a keen practitioner of the art, that Musashi knew how to dance, that he understood this Japanese, it's a theatrical kind of dance. All right. The thing is, is that nowhere in DeLang's book does he attempt to explain how this unequaled swordsman found the time to learn how to dance. Let alone not just that Musashi knew how to dance, he was able to teach his adopted son how to dance well enough so that his son could get a job 
as a no dancer in one of the castles. And I remember the note. I don't have the I don't have the quote in front of me, but in the letter to the guy at the castle, he's like, he's not very much with a sword, but he's he's a great dancer. And I think he could, you know what I'm saying? What? Come on, man. That is powerful information. And it explains everything that deals with rhythm in the Book of Five Rings. Now, my boy Dewan Owens, right? He spent a lot of time in Kampala, Uganda, and in Dakar, Senegal, teaching both b-boying, kickboxing, and jiu-jitsu. He teaches the connectivity through them. Riza Wu-Tang Clan teaches a lot about these elements, not only in his books, but the entire discography of the Wu-Tang Clan is an embodiment of that concept. Stickman of Dead Prez is a respected rapper, archer, vegan, health advocate, political activist, and dedicated martial artist. Songs like The Way of Life, Back on My Regimen, and the new album, which I just told you about, The Workout 2, right, help you understand those connections. I asked him, you know, what are these connections between martial arts and music? And this is what he told me. This is his quote right here. Practice is the way that we get better in the application of rhythm. Some science is in it, but it's also an art. Self-expression is required. My studio is a sacred space, just like a dojo for experimentation and practice. Lyrics are precisely chosen and placed, just like strikes and footwork. But he notes that the strikes are used to serve a greater good. Jeet Kune Do, B-boy, B-girl dancing, boxing, ballet, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, capoeira, no dancing, swordmanship, all styles, all contain rhythms. Outside of the practicality of each art, each style speaks to us in an artistic level internally. Does every martial artist need to study dance in order to be a better practitioner? Maybe not. However, to totally ignore the importance of dance within fighting arts is to cut yourself off from one of the new insights and opportunities for victory each time you train, each time you spar, each time you compete. So anyway, I have like a whole presentation on this whole thing and I wanted to make sure you understood these connectivities because I don't know, maybe there's a turf dancer listening right now. I don't know. Maybe you do capoeira already. I don't know. Maybe you do martial arts, but you used to be a b-boy, man. A lot of b-boys who do jujitsu have told me how much b-boying has has helped inform their jujitsu. For real, for real. So that's something I just want you to think about. And right now, we're going to go straight into this talk by me and RZA in Juvenile Hall. Shout out to Mike Wessom, who runs the uh, HHCF program at St. Louis Juvenile Hall. You know what I'm saying? Um, he is a great representation of what a martial artist should be doing with his life. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a great family man. And, and I appreciate this dude so much. It's, it's like, I haven't seen him in too many years, man. And it's, it's overdue. I need to get out there and build, you know what I mean? Also shout out B girl for life out there. You know what I'm saying? That's my home girl for real, for real. Shout out to Tef Poe as well. Cause he came and to Kiwan cause they all came to the opening of living like Kings 
And, you know, I keep saying, like, yeah, when we opened, we broke the, the attendance record for Bobby Fischer for opening day event. I keep saying that to remind you how powerful hip-hop is because that's not about me, right? Because I am not hip-hop. I know some people say that they are. This is a communal thing. We can all try to embody aspects and fragments of it in little flickers, but we can never be the whole embodiment of what it is. We can never be the whole embodiment of what it is. So we were all there at the World Chess Hall of Fame in St. Louis, and it was a magical thing. And I remind you that hip-hop beat Bobby Fischer in chess, in the World Chess Hall. Hall of Fame, and Bobby Fischer's exhibit was in the same building. And I love Bobby Fischer. That was a beautiful thing for me. I almost had tears. I went into the Fischer exhibit by myself. During the middle of our exhibit, I, I tore away from everybody, from my family, from my friends, from RZA, from Susan. And I, and I, and I, and I almost cried because I couldn't believe that it had happened. So many people had said that it was stupid to do, that there weren't these connections, that this stuff wasn't going to work. What are you trying to do, blood? Do this and that? What are you trying to make fools fight between dances? You trying to make them do karate chops on the turntables? Blood, it's a bigger thing, man. And, and, and not everybody gets it. I'll tell you that right now. This may not be for you. This episode, this podcast may not be for you, but I believe that it is if you're trying to build your mental, physical, and spiritual self up because hip-hop, chess, and martial arts are almost guaranteed to help you cultivate that. What I want you to do is listen to what RZA says to these young people. These are, these are incarcerated boys and girls, and almost everybody in there was black. But they weren't. There were some young white dudes in there, and I think there were some young white girls in the crowd as well. Okay, but I got to shout out Susan Barrett. I got to shout out Barrett Barrera Projects, right? I got to shout out Mike Realm because when me and Mike first went out there, nobody knew what was going to happen, you know? But I'm thankful that Susan and the World Chess Hall of Fame trusted us to come do what we did. I'm glad about the impact that we had. I look forward to having more impact out there. But this audio is for you, the listener, and this audio is for me a, 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 a moment to thank RZA for being a consistent supporter of HHCF, for being um, a living embodiment of music, chess, and martial arts, philosophy, and really, I think it would be hard to argue that no other musician in the history of the world has shared the power and importance of chess like RZA. No other musician from any other form of music. And right now, open challenge, change my mind. Do it. Bishop Chronicles, Farside TV, you know what I'm talking about? Sidelife Radio, let's do it. Then when hip-hop music had did an early video, Wu-Tang did a video called The Mystery of Chess Boxing, when he got, when he saw that video on TV, it really made him feel comfortable about being a chess player. You know, a lot of people think that chess is for nerds. Right? Have you heard that, that this game is for nerds? How many nerds we got in here? Raise your hand. <laughs> How many thugs we got in here? Raise your hand. <laughs> this little dude right here. <laughs> no, nah, because you mind me of my man from around my way, you know what I mean? That, you know, he was, uh, his name was called Scientific. And he was a little dude, yo. 
but the biggest heart. And one day, this big bully kind of came at me and put some pressure on me. Now, I'm, I'm bigger than scientific, but the bully was bigger than me. And I, I won't even front on y'all, you scared the shit out of me. I was like, yo, shit, I don't know what to do. And so I was like, <laughs> under pressure, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, after school, Diggs, after school. I'm like, all right, I'm you know, thinking how I'm gonna get out of there. You know what I mean? But then my man, Scientific, though, he had a big heart, you know what I mean? He came up, he, I told him, I said, yo, yeah, I gotta fight the dude after school. He said, oh, I said, oh, that, that big, man, hold on. He went up to the dude, just smacked him right in the face. Bap! He was like, yo, yo, he was like, yo, don't never say nothing to my man again. And when I, when I learned something that day, you know what I mean? Because it, it built the confidence in me. What it, what it showed me was that, you know, it doesn't matter on your size, you know what I mean? It's all about your strength. And strength sometimes is not in the biggest thing. You know, the little atom, which is the smallest particle of life itself, when it explodes, takes out a whole city. But the trick is, that strength you got is it going to be used for negative or positive? Now, if you're going to be a thug, most likely it's going to be used for negative. And that's going to be what is known as a fast burnout. A fast burnout. When you play chess, you know, some people put their queen out first. There's a rule in chess that says do not put your queen out first. Don't develop her. Why? Because she's the most powerful piece on the board. If you develop her too soon, and she gets caught in a trap, your power is taken from you early. So you don't waste your energy like that. You control your energy. Y'all are in here for not controlling your energy, y'all. For not being analytical and thinking ahead of what's gonna be the results of the action you're taking. Now, I'm the last one to talk in a sense, I've been through the same system. You know what I mean? I'm a, my pops left my mom's when I was three years old. So me and my brothers, 11 of us, step pops came in, threw some work in, you know what I mean? He, then he got locked up. You know, me and my brother got our first gun at 11. I was 11, he was um, 12. Riding the New York City buses, looking for what they call a Vic back then. You know what I mean? Now, we got away with that for a few years, y'all. You know, it's gonna always be a period of time you're gonna get away with it. My cousins was getting away with it. But then next thing you know, my cousin gets locked up for 15 years from doing a robbery. Then his brother gets locked up for six years for murder. It sparked me to calm down. My mom finds my gun. She finds the gun and she couldn't believe her son had a gun because your mothers, our mothers don't see none of us as nothing but their children. Forever you're gonna be your mom's child, forever. You're never gonna grow up to her, yo. And, and when she saw this gun in her house, she flipped out, yo. And she chopped it up. <laughs> and disowned me. And once she disowned me, I don't know if you've ever been disowned by your moms, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like your queen, that's like losing your true queen. But once that happened, yo, my heart was broke. And yet at the same time, 
I wanted her approval back. I wanted to prove to her that I was worth something. And it got me on my right path, yo. I started reading books. It wasn't really, you know, I dropped out of school, but I started reading books on my own, studying every day, and went and took my GED. Passed it with college numbers, and then joined college. Point I'm saying is that, yo, I was lucky, you know, to catch on before it was too late. And you all right here, in a very early stage of your development, so you could catch on now before it's too late. Because this is cool, right? Nah, you don't want to be here. Sleeping beside people you don't really know. Eating what they tell you to eat. And it gets worse. When you're playing chess, right? It's 64 squares on the board. 64. And with these 64 squares, there's endless combinations and calculations that could happen. When you're first made into the first cell of life, that's when the sperm meets the egg and it splits into mitosis and meiosis and the zygote forms and the alleys. When it gets that first cell of life, it's 64 cells. Meaning, this here, this square, can be a study of life for you, yo. This could be a study of life. It's a study of life for me, actual fact. I made millions off it. What I mean by that, because I think ahead. I learn how to calculate, how to figure things out, how to know before I do. And by knowing before I do, the actions are what I plan to be, not what somebody had planned for me. This particular game, which is a game in one sense, but in another sense, no, it's a study of life. Scientists already proven that it actually helps build your brain muscles. They did a study of older folks playing it, and the ones who play chess are less likely to get dementia or Alzheimer's. Why? Because their muscles and their blood is constantly circulating. We at the Hip Hop Chess Federation are striving to bring awareness to Americans, to black youths more particularly, but to the whole American youth, that chess, study, and practice, and daily play, along with martial art, whether it's kung fu, karate, yoga, boxing, along with music, is the best way to help develop your mind and your body and to protect you from, from, from pitfalls in life that will surely come at you. An example, if you work out every day, they got a gym here, right? If you work out every day, you're going to build enough strength in your body so when your old age kick in, your muscles and cells is prepared for that. Music has a vibration to it, like everything in your body has a vibration. When you when when have a stomach ache or your heartache or your, any pain, it comes from a vibration of something else in your body. By having music and dancing and getting the endorphins that music brings to you, it can help heal your body. And by having chest in front of you, studying, exercising your mind, building up the strength, making blood flow to your brain, it's gonna exercise your brain. Now, with that kind of energy, took into the positive side, 
You will be, as they say in the good book, you will be fruitful and you will multiply. Now, a lot of us, you know, I'm not going to get religious. You know what I mean? But one of the most biggest books in the world is the Holy Bible. And in that particular book, it says, yo, for every negative action you do, I'm going to give you a negative action in return. As simple as that. An eye for an eye. But it says for every positive action you do, I'm going to multiply you by 10. That sounds like good business to me. How many things you want to put into your bank, positive things or negative things? What would you put in your bank if you knew this information, young man? Positive. You can't lose. What would you put in your bank? Positive or negative? If I could give you, for every negative thing you do, if you got a dollar and you do it negative and you only get a dollar back, and you have, a, and, or you do it positive and get $10 back, which dollar are you going to spend on? Positive. Positive, right? That's the truth, though. That's a true gangster. There's nothing gangster about it. It works. Before I pass the mic to my brother Adisa, I want to point out something that's very important that we don't pay attention to, and that's time. Time is the only commodity in life you can't get back. You can't get it. It's, it's a one-time spending situation. It's spent and no return. So therefore, it's the thing you must spend wisely. And the cool thing about time is that if you do spend time wisely, if you do spend it wisely, you can't earn more time. You never gonna get back the time you lost. But if you spend time wisely, you can earn more time. So even in this situation here, you know where we at? If you took eight hours a day here, even here, Take four hours a day and put that to something constructive. When you get out of here, you're going to have built up time in the bank on something constructive. The psychologists have analyzed men and say in order to master anything, it takes 10, I mean, it takes 10,000 hours. So if you want to be a dancer, a hairdresser, a guitar player, a kung fu expert, a mathematician, anything you want to master, takes 10,000 hours. They calculate, that, they calculate that to be four hours a day for 10 years. Now, that's what I did. I started writing my first lyric at the age of nine. When I was 19, I got my first record deal. Simple mathematics. I started making music as a DJ around the age of 13. When I was 23, I produced a platinum album. Simple mathematics. By going in the right direction, and Chess helped me because I was able to sit down and just calculate like, yo, I can't do that, I shouldn't do this. I'm gonna get all my pieces together. I looked at my Wu-Tang Clan brothers, it's nine members in my band. I looked at them as pieces, you know what I mean? Or, or as, as, as these pieces back here, the Rooks, the Knight, the Bishop, the Queen, and the King, these are the most powerful pieces, and the pawns are something that you sacrifice to protect these pieces. I looked at them as that, as, 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 my, as my main back rank. And I knew that this one was good at this, this one was good at that. And it, they, they allowed me to be their abbot. Abbot meaning someone with the most spiritual knowledge, the best knower. And with that, I took not just myself out of the hood, but by the age of 25, I made nine more black millionaires from calculation. And from proper use of my time, 
Now, right before that happened, I don't know if you know this story, I'll just say this last thing. Right before it happened, though, I was hustling. You know what I mean? From the age of 21 to 22, I took a year to go hustle because I, I felt desperate. My lights was out. I was like, yo, fuck it, yo, I'm going in. And yo, everything was just going bad. No matter how, when you hustle, no matter what happens, it's always a negative thing waiting for you. So even though we may say, okay, wow, we made $10,000, guess what? He got locked up, we gotta bail him out. Oh, now we got $20,000. Oh shit, they shot so-and-so last night. We gotta bury him. It was never nothing positive to come out at the end. It was always a negative ending, no matter what. Raekwon said in, the, in our song we got, we got a song called Cream that says, cash rule everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. In this song, he says, every week we make 40 Gs. That sounds like a lot of money. If every week you can make $40,000, but you're risking your life, you're killing your community, you got the cops on your ass, you got the hood on your ass. So these same 10 men, Wu-Tang Clan, these same 10 men, every week we're making 40 Gs risking our lives, doing negativity. Now that we do positivity, we've been doing it for years, they pay up to 200 grand for Wu-Tang Clan to come do a concert in one night. How many hours do you work? When you one hour. In one hour. So how much did you make? Man, if you add that up for the, if you add that up for the week, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's from positive. That's that positivity multiplying itself. So, 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 you know, living, living, living is the best experience. You know what I mean? We got years ahead of you guys. We older than you brothers and sisters here. And so, you know, most people are going to bullshit you in this, in this world, yo. Because we live in a capitalist society where the idea is to capitalize off the next man. So most people is not going to come here and tell you this. Like Snoop Dogg said, the game is to be sold, not told. But I'm telling it to you. I mean, I got mine already. So I'm here to share so you can get yours. And I don't mean just get, get financial, you know what I mean? Or whatever, it's get your proper place on what you deserve. Yo, nobody deserves to be locked up, lacking your freedom. Not even a fucking fly. If a fly is in your house, he's like, trying to get out through the window, kid. Nobody wants to be deprived of their freedom. But when you commit acts that's against the proper order of things, they got somebody waiting for you. Okay. If you believe in the Bible, he was like, yo, those who sin go to hell. You think that hell is when you die? This, is, this, this could be your first taste of hell right here. I'm gonna go off subject a little bit. It's something I, I told my children. Heaven and hell is a state of mind. It's where you at at any given moment. The Garden of Eden is right here on planet Earth. All the flowers, all the water, all the animals, that's right here, it's not on Mars. This Earth has all that. Everything is right here. Your first heaven is yourself. Your body, that's your first heaven, right here. They say it's seven heavens. Your second heaven would be your family. That could grow to be your home. That could grow to be your county, city, state, until this whole world becomes your heaven. But your first heaven is right here, yo. Yourself. You should be aware of that. And treat yourself like this is heaven. Happiness is total satisfaction with yourself. Nobody can make you happy. 
Nobody. You got to have it for yourself. If I can make you happy, I can take it back from you anytime I'm ready. That's what drugs is and temporary bullshit. And I'm, I used to do drugs like I'm like a, like going out of style, kid. Because you thinking you high, you changing your reality, but when you get sober, your reality is still right there to face you. And now you lost your money because you was high. <laughs> and you might have an addiction. And you might end up here. Because you may now be working towards getting that high. This is not proper calculation for us, y'all. I want y'all to calculate. Y'all at that perfect age of where, you know, you had a fork in the road. One is leading to the dark side, as they say to Luke Skywalker. But one is leading to the positive side, man. And I just hope y'all take the time to, you know, to study and take it to the positive side and multiply yourself, y'all. I'm going to pass the mic to my brother, Adisa. You know, in the weeks before I came here, I lost three people that I cared about. In three weeks, I lost three friends. I don't think I've had that much death in my life at one time ever. And then, and I live in the Bay. It's not very different from St. Louis. Some people pulled up in front of my house with heavy artillery, and they shot up the house across the street. And I was in the living room with my wife. And it was big guns. It wasn't nine millimeters and none of the stuff you guys normally hear. I'm talking about Iraq-level artillery. It wasn't a joke. When they pulled off, man, they pulled off so slow, no one heard them leave. Normally, when you see a drive-by, they pull up, they spray the car, and they punch it. These dudes knew when they were shooting off that nobody was looking at their car. Nobody was looking for a license because everybody just wanted to live. Through the course of my life, I've, I've been around a lot of people when I was younger. Drug dealers, one of the dudes that I used to rap with way back, he had a grow house before people knew what grow houses were. And in those days, this is a long time ago, they would siphon off, you know, the way you would get caught having a grow house is that your electric bill would be ridiculous because you have to keep the lights on all day to grow all the weed. So one day we had a show. We were, we were open up for Onyx and Brand Nubian. Mm. And the grow house was downstairs. We usually hung out upstairs and we're like, oh, it's time to go for the show. Right after we left, the task force came through the ceiling and arrested everybody. Not just some people, bruh. They snatched everybody. There was this white cat that used to manicure all the plants. He looked like Jesus. That's all we used to call him. We used to call him Jesus. Jesus was never seen again. I don't even know what happened to Jesus. I don't even know if he's out. <laughs> Jesus gone. Now, over the course of my life, several times I've almost been shot. Sometimes by people I didn't know. Other times by people I knew. I don't know why I made it, but I'm here. When I was younger, I was real militant. I promote nonviolence now. But when I was young, I was real militant and I had a gun. And my father took my gun during the day of the LA riots because he knew I was gonna blow it. And I didn't even tell him I had a gun, but he went to my room, he found it, and he got rid of it. And he told me, if I don't if I didn't get rid of this gun, you were gonna do something you'd regret. And he was he was right. Y'all might know me for something else. Oh, that, remember that so, dude who shot people up during the riots? Yeah, he just got out. How, how, how many of y'all is in here from a, from a violent crime? 
Raise your hand if you're here from a violent crime. That's almost 50 percent. What? You mind if I ask y'all a few questions? Y'all comfortable to talk talk to us? We talking to you. I'm gonna start with you, bro. Cause, you know, why? What crime did you commit? Or why did you do it? Yeah. Why did you do whatever you did? Or somebody pulled a knife out on you and you had to defend yourself. Self defense. I never argue against self defense. Now, as a martial artist, though, there's a better way to defend yourself. One of the greatest martial artists of all time's name is Bruce Lee. Anybody heard of Bruce Lee? Uh, what Bruce Lee said, the art of fighting without fighting. When the guy wanted to fight him, pulled the knife, everything, what did Bruce Lee do? He just, he just went that way. <laughs> he just ran, kid. Don't be shy to run. Don't, what is bond? Don't never be shy to run, yo. Oh, the knife, nigga, I ain't got no time for that knife. I'm over here. Now, if he chase you down, that's why Jesus said turn the other cheek, right? Now, if he chase you down after turning the other cheek, then yo, then you, you know, you got to stand your ground, stand your ground. But don't, you know, don't get sucked in to, to ego. You have to watch out for uh, falling victim to, to false senses of manhood. You know, a lot of the stuff that happens with young men of all races is we have a false sense of what it means to be a man. A man isn't always a dude who's gonna knock you out, Stand pull up, out kid. the gun. Stand up. Break it down. It's just like this. All right, I got it. All right? What do you, what could you do? What should I do? I got the left, right? You got the left. I still got the legs, right? Now, I'm gonna show you how I stay safe. Watch this, and I won't touch him. Hold my hand. Do it again. You got me? I got it, go. Don't go. You have to know how to turn your wrist and lift your elbow. If you don't know the technique, you won't know that the way I stay safe is to control me. I have to control me, not him. You understand what I'm saying? And he's able to do that, right? As a martial artist, nobody got hurt there. Now he could decide, he could have welded on me with his elbow and fucked me up, excuse my language. Um, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he has enough distance to say, you know what? To leave. Go. But if that would have happened to me, I would have been baffled anyway. Like, right. what, the, what the hell does this dude just do? You don't have to always engage. How about you, bro? Uh, violent, you was violent? Who else? Behind you with the blue. You was in here for violent, right? Who else was in here for violent? Right here, bro? With the gray? Right here? Yeah. Tell me what you did, bro. Rap. Pardon? Robbery? Huh? Yeah. Why? Gotta get money. <laughs> I gotta get money. Hold on, hold on. So you, you, did it, you did it to get some money. Okay. <laughs> Look, we live in America, money, you need money in America. We don't live in Africa, you can't pick it off the tree, right? So, so you need money in America. What was the money for? To do what? Pardon? I mean, what were you trying to get? I'm, I'm, we're being serious, we're not judging you, we're just trying to understand. Like you was gonna get some fly Jordans? You gonna get some clothes with the money? Now see, now, I used to be a thief, y'all. Not ashamed to say that. You know what I mean? I used to walk into to Macy's or one of them places back then. 
seen some nice polo shit. Tommy Hilfinger, that was my day. That was a fly shit. And trust me, I walked out with it. You know what I mean? And I got arrested about 12 times because, you know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't afford clothes. I had 11 brothers and sisters. My mom's couldn't. I, I wore my pants. My brother had to wear them tomorrow. So yeah, so I went and I stole, you know what I mean? But yet, regardless of my necessity, I was committing the crime. And each time I did it, I ended up in one of these places for the weekend, or for a week, or for a month. You know what I mean? And it wasn't worth it. Never was worth it. Now, I was lucky, to be honest with you. I don't know why I was lucky. Maybe my smile or some shit. The judges always showed me a little bit of mercy and shit, and, and I made it through that part of my life. And I turned to positivity. I walk in the store right now, kid, and I walk out with bags full of shit, and I just give them a piece of plastic, and they swipe the shit. Swipe, walk right out, mad shit. Because I multiplied myself. Doing it that way, nah, gee, that, most, most criminals, there's not a movie, we watch movies, there's not a criminal in history who didn't end up with a negative turnout. Even Bernie Madoff, he was doing some white collar shit. He stole 40 billion, how much did they say? Who cares what he stole, he got caught. He got caught. <laughs> That's the bottom line. When you watch American Gangster, and we like American Gangster, right? The guys, Denzel Washington plays Frank Lucas. And Frank Lucas get the big house for his moms, and then his, all his brothers come to work for him and everything. The end result of that shit is him locked up, his brother locked up, his mom's kicked out of her house. He lost all this shit. And I met Frank Lucas, the real one. And he's a crumbled up man like this, kid. Can't even give you a pound like that. Because in jail, all that fake eggs they give you and all the needles they give you, trust me, when you get inside the system, you guys are in the early part. They got, some, they got something for you. It's I, like, dark quick. They got something for you, kid. And when they shoot that up in you, or put you under these conditions, you're getting less and less sunlight in your body, the monster you think that you see will be the monster you will become. And trust me, Nobody knows it, the pain, and nobody could explain it to you until you feel it for yourself. So I may be saying this is maybe falling on deaf ears. It's like a, a young lady right here may want to, you know, go. Young ladies might have boyfriends and, you know, you, you know, having sex at, at, a, at a young age. And next thing you know, when you have that baby, when your mom's going to tell you about it, but when that baby come out of your wound and break your body and split your shit open, this pain, no serious. When you get this real pain, then you will know. You'll be like, man, <laughs> I don't know about this anymore. So you don't know until you live it. But if you're wise, because any fool can learn from their own mistakes, but a wise man learn from the mistakes made by others. And all we're here to do today as we're talking, you know, about hip-hop, chess, and music, we're using this as a platform to give you guys a map, to give you a glimpse, to let you know that, yo, that's a trap door right there. Walk around it. Trust me. I'm saying, I got no gain from what you do today or tomorrow. But the, but the gain of what you gain for yourself is, you know, that's important. The gain you gain for yourself. Not, don't not, do nothing for me. But each one of y'all lives, man, is, is important. Each one of your lives, yo. You know how hard it is to be life? 
to just go through the fallopian tube to get here and fight through all the bacteria that's trying to kill you. You ducking shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? You finally hit the egg and you got to grow inside this dark spot. Then you got to come out this life and you couldn't even walk, kid. You said you, you know, you did, he does a, 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 a robbery, I understand it. But you, there was a point, you couldn't, even, you couldn't even feed your own self. You couldn't even grab a spoon. And now we willing to grab a gun and take from another man? The worst thing I, the worst thing I thought about robbery as I got older, one day, because we, you know, we, in New York, we was sick up kids too. But one day it was like, damn, this hit my mind. Like, hold on, this dude went to work for 40, 50 hours a week to make his six, 700 bucks. I'm about to take it in two seconds. What's fair about that? What kind of karma, what kind of energy you gonna come back on me after that? You know what I mean? And sometimes you may say, yo, you was robbing a, robbed a party robbing a white guy. So sometimes, black guy, drug dealer. Okay, I know, it's all good. We did the same thing, wait outside. You knew the drug dealer nigga had money. But sometimes, no, sometimes we do it because like, yo, we feel like it's okay because we robbing some, somebody of another race. We feel like it's okay because this guy is, a, you know, is already a criminal. But you're not looking at the lashes and stripes you put upon yourself. I'll close with a good book. Jesus said, and that servant who knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself. When you knew what's right and you don't prepare yourself and don't go according to the will, he shall be beaten with many stripes. These are your stripes right here. This system. This is your first strike that you're getting beaten with. This is, this is mild right now. It gets worse. But that servant who do know his Lord's will and go according shall receive no stripes. So once you get a chance to figure it out and hear it, yo, don't, you ain't gotta turn back. I tell, I tell, I tell, I tell my, my, my cousin who's do a little while, he's kind of wild, he did a few sins. I'm like, yo, if you did a sin, it's like making a bad move, you know? Keep moving to get further and further away from it. So it means like if you did something that was crazy yesterday, you know, today it's in your mind, maybe for a year it'll be in your mind. The further you get away from it, the further it becomes back there. It's like an addiction. The further, the longer you stop taking those drugs, the further away you could get from it. Until that no longer becomes a part of you. It's no longer your habit. It's like a fat guy who loses his weight. He's no longer that guy anymore. He has rebuilt himself, changed himself. Everyone can be redeemed and everyone can change. And all of you have a potential that you haven't realized yet. There's still some doctors in here, some business owners in here. There's still some millionaires in here, but it's not gonna happen on the streets. You're gonna have to do the heavy lifting. And that's the part that nobody likes to do, right? So we see Risen now, we go, oh, you know, 20 million records and he gets to tour and everything else. But what about when no one cared about Wu-Tang Clan? And he was the only person who could make that album happen. No one cared. We all talk about Bruce Lee, but no one talks about the guy who beat up Bruce Lee and had him in the hospital for months. And he had to, they told him, don't do martial arts no more. You gotta stop. You can't fight at all. While he was locked down, he couldn't even use his hands. They had to keep his neck perfectly still because his back was almost broken. He wrote a book on martial arts, on everything he knew. 
He retaught himself how to walk and then he went back into martial arts and became the Bruce Lee that we all know. So we can sit here now and go, oh, look how fast he is. Look how cool he is. Look how brave he is. Look how famous he was. But when he was in that hospital by himself, none of us was there. Okay? You're going to have to have a certain level of focus. When you're on the board, only you can navigate yourself to victory. Only you. And that's what we want for you. You got to understand, he's recording a new album right now. He's got a, 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 a film soundtrack he's got to make tomorrow. He's leaving in the morning. He came out here for me and Susan and the World Chess Hall of Fame because we called him out here. And when he came here, we could have went to high schools. We could have went and done record signings. We could have went and done a whole bunch of things. But I wanted to come here because this organization was built from my experience inside the juvenile hall. Malcolm X came out of the juvenile hall. A lot of people make mistakes and they redeem themselves and they find new ways and I want that for you. But none of us can do it for you. We can only help guide you. And so the people here that work with you, you need to trust them. I know you may not like them all and they may not like all of you, but you need to trust them. Because there comes a time when you're too old and people get tired of trying to help you. When they start losing the trust in your potential. And they're like, man, I already told you what to do. You ain't doing it. And they don't care anymore. So before that happens, please understand that you don't know me, but I came here because I care. And I'm not paid to be here. And he's not paid to be here. We're here because we care. And we believe in the potential of your future. I want to say one last thing to you, brother. You said that you're a writer. I just want to share some information with you. That um, writing is actually one of the most lucrative forms of expression of art. Um, there's, you know, if you look at Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, they were two guys out of Boston who wrote a screenplay, sent it to Hollywood. It took some time, but they ended up selling that screenplay for a million dollars. You know what I mean? Writing is another way to express your anger, to express your frustration. You know, get it out. It doesn't have to come out physically. Yeah. Tupac wrote more than anybody. That's why he still got records coming out and he's been dead a long time. Because he stayed with his pen and his pad. He stayed in the studio. I knew Tupac. For real. Like, I'm not going to tell you that he didn't have that thug life element in him. But what I am going to tell you is that he was one of the funniest people I ever knew. He read all the time. Where did he get Machiavelli from? The Prince, Machiavelli, a strategy book. He was a chess player. It's not an accident. Success is never an accident. If you came up on a million dollars tomorrow, you'd lose it in a year because you, you don't know what it takes to work for it. You haven't studied on how to hold on to it. You don't know where to invest it, how to spend it. So if you don't, Work for your success, you lose it. How many times you guys look and see somebody who won the lottery, broke in three years? Because they didn't create their success. And we hope that you can use this game and focus to discover who you are and what you want to be. We're not asking you to be chess masters. We're not asking you to be MMA fighters. We're not asking you to be rappers. We're telling you, use these tools to find who you are and we will help you go be that. 
you know, in the game of chess, the queen is considered the most powerful as peace. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, point that out seriously because Malcolm X told us that the strength of a nation lies in his woman. Because y'all are the ones who nourish the children, you're the first teacher of the child, the first contact. Everything about the woman for development of any life is vital, but especially for a nation. Now, some of you men, right, if you recognize the power of your woman and accept that power and utilize that, that's only going to benefit you. It's going to be very hard to find a very strong, successful man and not have a strong woman with him. It's very hard. I mean, our president right now is Mr. Barack Obama. And you could just look and see what kind of strong wife he got with him. You know what I mean? And that's what adds strength to us. So be, be conscious. And women, young ladies over here, please be aware of your power, y'all. Your power is immense. You know what I mean? And don't be deluded by the false images of that power. You know, they have us have you looking at something that's not you. A lot of things that we do, unfortunately, is not us. A lot of things is not us. If you go back and trace your roots, you can feel like your, your family probably come from another part of Europe, but you're American. Your family come from, are you Spanish in your blood? Where you from, brother? Pardon? Italian. Sicily. Italian? Sicily. Your family. Where you from, where you from bro? St. Louis? Where you, think your, where you think your ancestors is from? You have no, no, we have no idea. That's the point I'm making. You know, we don't, you'd be surprised on how great you already are from just your gene, your gene pool. You'd be surprised. But we don't get a chance to activate that because everything we're being is something else that we're being taught that that's us. You know, you may see my brother here with glasses and I'm wearing glasses. I don't even need glasses, yo. I got 20-20. I wear these shits just to wear them because I like them. I need mine, I'm blind. You know what I mean? <laughs> but people may think, yo, glasses is nerd. Nah. I'm saying it's, 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 not, it's, it's cool when I rock them. <laughs> Very confident in that. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, don't let people keep identifying us and giving us these false images of ourselves because that's one of our biggest problems. You know, in this city, it's on the news a lot right now, St. Louis. You know, y'all you know, on CNN, you know. Every day. Yeah. And you know you're getting older when you watch the news, so. <laughs> but, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's showing us that it's a strong divide going on here. First, uh, a law enforcement divide against the community. Then second, a racial divide happening. You know what I mean? And the one thing I want to say about it, I'm not here to experience it hands, hands on, but I can just give you two examples of, 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 of law enforcement and of racism. All laws has to be enforced in order for order to exist. Naturally, everybody should submit to the natural law of things like the rest of the animals we see around us. The planets themselves never go disaccording to the law. The earth, you can wake up every day and you could bet the sun is right there, baby. All right, and the moon, they're not gonna not show up. They follow universal law and order. On earth, we need law and order to maintain ourselves and to, and, and, and to keep 
um, I want to say control, just to keep balance. Now, the problem we have is that some of us are rebellious against the law, rebellious against our own selves, and then some people who are in power with the law don't deserve the power of the law because they don't know how to authorize it or execute it. So, because of these two elements, you're going to have a conflict. That's like two things that's not following the proper order. Even though one has the power and one's being subjugated, if they're not following the proper order, it's going to always be a conflict. But I say that we should uphold the law because the law is to our benefit. It, I'm going to give you a simple law. You're driving down the street, it's a red light. What you supposed to do? Stop. It's a simple law. If you don't stop, and you just, I have not stopped before, the chances is somebody will get hit, a car accident could happen, somebody could die. Just because of a simple violation of a law. So we've put up traffic lights and signs that give us, okay, merge left. Stay to the right. Slippery when wet. 55 speed limit. These are things that's been calculated over hundreds of years to get it proper for us. So we, as long as you obey that, as long as you're following that, something that's been already calculated for you, you're going to win. And when you're playing chess, you can play raw, but if you read the books and study the laws and principles of chess, you're more likely to win. Become a citizen that upholds the law of his country because that's the benefit of his country. Now, I've traveled around the world. All right? America is, is, is popping, kid. Don't know what I mean? For real. You know what I mean? It's the, it's, it's, it's the best place to be born. This is, when they say it's the greatest country, they're right about that. Now, how the people who control to execute their power, that's something that we could change as we grow into power. You know what I mean? But this is the greatest country, yo. Everything is here. It's been built up by some of the greatest hands and greatest minds. Then when we look at America and we see this racial divide between us, that's so foolish for, for us because there's not nobody here who didn't come from somewhere else. Everybody here came from somewhere else. Everybody. So we should be proud to accept. If you take America, right, and you take the population of America, which is about 400 million people, they say, and you divide that into the approximately 8 billion people on the planet, how many people are against you? Is that almost 20 to 1? That's 20 to 1. So for each and every one of us, there's 20 other people. If it was just one of you here against 20 people, how could you win? So we should be conscious and realize that we are unique to be here. And we should be conscious to realize that we are all under that same banner. That's something that I want y'all to take with you, yo. You know what I'm saying? You know, the white, the white brothers thinking that this is their country, the black brothers thinking that their country. Nah, it's our country, kid. And neither one of us is going to progress until we accept that it's both, that it's, that it's, that it's both of ours. Neither, nobody's going to progress. It's, it's like, how can I be free and live lovely and you starving? You're going to come rob me. Until you're balanced with unbalanced, there's going to always be a confusion. So that's something that we got to understand on this racial divide. And that same thing applies to rich and poor. 
You know, I do advocate that that you know, no nobody in this place in this country you, sh you shouldn't have to steal shit, kid. It's shit on the shelves already. A lot of the stuff that you want gets burnt and thrown away. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you should work for what you want. The Holy Bible says man should work to the sweat of his brow. It was the first law given to Adam. Lie, right, Adam, you know what? P put some work in, kid, and I got you. And, that, and that's something that, you know, take that with you with as well, yo. Work every day, bro. I don't care if you're knocking out a thousand push-ups or something. Every day, cause your body to sweat. Cause yourself to deserve water, food, clothing, and shelter. And give yourself new information. Whatever you like to read about, whatever you really care about, read about it. Read about it. Because you need to thrive with new information. If you just stay in here not reading, not learning about what's happening on the outside, not figuring out how to achieve the things you want to achieve, it's gonna be very hard for you. One of the, my favorite books is called The Alchemist. I hope that you, you guys got a library here? You guys have a library in this place? When you get out, you read The Alchemist. You understand? The Alchemist. An alchemist is someone who can turn lead into gold. It's a story about a man who wants to be an alchemist. I want you to read that book. And uh, Susan from the World Trust Hall of Fame had a question for some of the ladies. I just want to, um, this has been sort of male heavy, I guess, but I, I want to touch upon the queen is the most powerful piece. And when um, Riza asked who did the violent crimes, and it was two out of three of you mm -hmm. are in here for violent crime, no? No one's in here for a violent crime? Ladies? One? One? Okay. That's a third. Yeah. And I, I wanted to know, Riz, why didn't you ask the girls why they're, like, why she did it? Ask, why did you, why did you do it? So Whatever you, you did. You feel like talking about it? Me? Yeah, who, who can Are you the, what, who's in here for? Yeah, she already spoke to me already. Oh, so she did, okay. Yeah, me and her is already on the okay. same page. Right. I also just wanted to, um, I, I, get, I, I feel a, a special affinity, because I asked all you guys your ages, and I still don't believe yours, but whatever. Um, because I have a, a daughter your age. And so when I look at you guys, I look at, you know, like, oh my gosh, you're, you're my kids, essentially. And I wanted to, to know with you girls, um, do you have children? Has anyone, it, do we it's have possible. babies yet? I mean, I, I know girls younger than you with yeah. kids, so it's I mean, not are you moms completely yet? out of. No, they're not moms yet. Good. It's not, I mean, you guys, it's like. It's possible. It's possible. Okay. Well, I want to let y'all know y'all beautiful, though, on the road to well. And you have to, and you, and, and your, your sacredness is worthy of defense, and you're the first line of defense for who you are. You're the first line of defense, so you have to keep your mind sharp. And I don't mean to pick on y'all. I hope y'all don't feel like I'm going to pick on you, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. What's your name in the middle? I didn't get your name, mama. Didi? That's what, you look like my cousin Didi. You know what I mean? She was a, she was a special girl in my life, yeah. yeah. You look like that, so that's crazy, that's your name. So, uh, anybody wanna play a game, what's up? Or do you have any questions? Questions? You wanna get busy? 
I'll rock with you. Questions? Right. You have a question? No, you, you want to play? play? Come on. Teacher, what star is that? Thank you.